inner city America, the hood, where millions live in the struggle, poverty, crime, homelessness, hopelessness. This is Rock the Word, the radio outreach of Rock Ministries of Philadelphia, along with our church, Calvary Chapel, Kensington. The Rock serves in the heart of Philadelphia's Badlands. Our senior pastor, Buddy Osborne, grew up on these streets. Now he and the team of urban missionaries are reaching the Kensington neighborhoods for Christ. Our mission, bring the light of the gospel straight into the darkness. You want to win someone over? Don't win somebody over by your own personality or the gifts you can give them. Win them over by the word of God. And that's exactly what Paul and Barnabas are doing. Folks, let me tell you something. When we know the word of God, we'll always walk in his grace. Always walk in his grace. You see, being in God's grace means that there should never be any condemnation moving around in your head. Two men stand in the middle of a room telling others what they know about Jesus. Keeping it simple, nothing fancy. They're just speaking of the truth that changes lives. This is how Paul and Barnabas ministered Jesus' love to Jews and Gentiles alike with no prejudice. Friends, we learned from Pastor Buddy today about ministry that makes a difference. Now here's Pastor Buddy in the book of Acts, chapter 13, as he begins his message, Preach the Word. Let's pray. Father, what a blessing it is, Lord, to sing and worship you in song and in our spirit, Lord. And uh, thank you for just, uh, for those that you brought out. We're grateful for the consistency in the hearts of the people who want to hear your word. And uh, I say that uh, thankfully, Lord. Lord, have your way. Move me aside, Lord. Allow your word to go forth. And uh, fill us, Lord, with your spirit, Lord. Allow this. Allow us to leave here not the same way we came in, Lord. Give us a forgiven heart, Lord. Give us a loving heart. Give us a, a life filled with purpose. And uh, so just have your way this morning. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Preach the Word. Uh, we're going to be in Acts uh, chapter 13. We're going to pick up in verse 42, but I just want to give a little intro. Preach the Word of God in season and out of season. And that's where we're going to pick up with Apostle Paul. He was a stone-cold killer against Christianity, and now he's just proclaiming uh, that word. So I just want to pick up in verse 13 and just kind of, I'm going to skip around until I get to 42 in Acts um, 13. It says, now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they sat down. And so just picture this. Paul and Barnabas, it was a hostile environment at the time. Christianity was on the rise, and folks, the church, this is the, the beginning of the church. It was this, it was started, it was, it was starting to really, the numbers were, were starting to get up there high, and people were just following Jesus. And the, and the Jewish folks, you know, the religious Jews were kind of resenting that. They didn't want anything to do with it. And so normally, you meet in a synagogue, and so now you have Paul, who was Jewish, converted to Christianity, as well as Barnabas, they're, they're coming into the synagogue and they're, they're going to start to preach the word of God. And so, and so as they sat down, it says, and when in 15, and when reading the law, uh, they, a scribe would get up and read uh, from the Old Testament 
and as they start the synagogue meeting. And after the reading of the law, the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue said to them, saying, this is to Paul and Barnabas, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. And then, and so basically what would happen is when you were in a synagogue meeting and they would read from the Old Testament, and then what they would do is they would seek out who could expound on it, who had the wisdom to do that. Let's see who did it. And then Paul stood up, okay, and motioned with his hand, said, men of Israel, and you who fear God. Now he goes on, he says, listen. He goes on and he schools them. But what it was like as they lived in Egypt and they were in bondage for 400 years and Moses came and, and basically uh, freed them by the power of God. And he schooled them on the meaning of the judges in the Bible and talked about the first king Saul and then David and John the Baptist. He went on and on and on. And he was just, just giving them the word of God. In verse 26, it says, men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, he goes on, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. And though they found no cause for death in him, and he's talking about Jesus now to the Jewish people who are basically rejecting uh, Jesus, who has rejected and continues to reject Jesus, he says, because of the death of him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now, it says, they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, Jesus. And they took him down from the tree and they laid him in a tomb. Now understand this. The cruelest thing that you can do to a man back in the first century is to kill him by hanging him on a tree. It's the most disgusting thing that you would ever want to do to a person. And Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. But here's what happened. And so they put him in a tomb. And I can just imagine he probably just... This was just really rattling off all these things that took place as Mary uh, Magdalene and, and the mother of Jesus is walking to the tomb early in the morning. I can just see him talking about this whole thing. But he gives a brief synopsis about what happened. But he says this. He says, although they killed him and they hung him on a tree, in verse 30 it says, but God raised him from the dead. Now, Paul is simply preaching the word of God, no different than what takes place at the rock seven days a week uh, by so many people giving the word of God out. I call it spiritual food, people receiving it like a Philadelphia cheesesteak. Huh? Back in the first century, you see, there was a hunger. There was a hunger for the truth. And those arose. There was a desire from the people to hear uh, the word of God being taught by the people. And so we pick up in verse 42. And so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, this is what happens when God's word is preached and received openly and honestly. The people begged to hear the word of God next week. That's powerful. That's powerful. I want to say to you, you know, you should really have a Bible that you can, you can have and you can quote. There's something about writing and marking things up in the Bible and highlighting things. And it's like, I can't imagine walking out of my house without my Bible, you know, and 
sometimes I do, and I feel like, man, am I, am, I, am I missing my shoes? Or it's like, man, you know, where's my coat, you know? But it's just nice to have your own personal Bible. I love what D.L. Moody said. Listen to this. He says, a Bible-taught Christian who has the Bible well-marked and feeds daily upon the Word with prayerful meditation will not be easily offended. Such are the people who grow and work all the time. But the people who never open their Bibles or study the Scripture become offended and wonder why they have such a hard time. They say that Christianity is not what we claimed it to be. You see, he goes on to say the real trouble is that they have not done as the Lord has told them to do. They have neglected the Word of God And if they had studied the Word of God, they would not have wandered away from God, living on the husk of the world. And I think that is powerful for all of us to to understand that we need to have God's Word on a daily basis. Now, God was using Paul to bring the people into a personal relationship with the risen Christ. And verse 43 goes on to say, now when the synagogue was broken up and many of the Jews... And devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And so here we have Paul and Barnabas persuaded the whole congregation, meaning that they won them over simply by teaching the word of God. You want to win someone over? Don't win somebody over by your own personality or the gifts you can give them. Win them over by the Word of God. And that's exactly what Paul and Barnabas are doing. Folks, let me tell you something. When we know the Word of God, we'll always walk in His grace. Always walk in His grace. You see, being in God's grace means that there should never be any condemnation moving around in your head, meaning bring out the old bad press clippings that you've done in your life before becoming a Christian. What I love about God's Word, it may convict me, and it often does, but it'll never condemn me of my faults. You see, anyone that's a sin sniffer, meaning someone always ready to point out your flaws as a Christian. You know any of them? Now hold on now. So if you have any sin sniffers around, send them to me. Because we know how to handle them at the rock. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we do have that in Christianity. They're all, they're more interested in pointing out your flaws in your life, ready to pounce on someone for making a mistake rather than showing grace. They become a legalistic analyzer, what I call them. You see, that's what's taking place here in the synagogue. I could just imagine Paul just teaching on grace and Showing the folks who are just kind of walking around in the, law, in the law constantly all their lives. Can you imagine how that must be, walking around when you have people that are judging you? Well, if you wear a hat in church, <laughs> no good. If you wear this, if you, you can't come to church with shorts on, you know what I mean? What else can I say about that? You got to have this, you got to wear this, and you got to look this way. Man, I'm so glad I understand the power of grace, man. How about you? Shoo, yeah. <laughs> it's catching on. <laughs> you see, when we first come to know Jesus, 
He showers us with his grace. He showers us with his grace and washes away every sin we've ever committed, past, present, and future. He cleans us up, cleans us up. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we're free from the bondage of sin. You see, the key, the key is to walk in the grace all the days of your life and not be swayed by a bitter Christian who's living under the law. That is a lonely life. This is Rock the Word, the radio outreach of Rock Ministries of Philadelphia. Coming at you from the heart of the inner city. We're located at 2755 Kensington Ave at the Somerset Stop. Our church, Calvary Chapel of Kensington, meets here on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Check out what we offer kids and adults at therockphilly.org. You can also support Rock the Word Radio and all the work being done in the inner city by visiting our donation page on our website. Rock the Word, the word from the hood. And so I can just see these folks that are sitting in the synagogue and Paul is just loving on them and preaching the word of God and grace with joy and thanksgiving and forgiveness and mercy and all the things. And they're, they're sitting there with that sourpuss just looking at them. Ooh. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I can just imagine, you know. Now on the Sabbath, on the next Sabbath day, almost a whole city came together to hear the word of God. That's powerful, isn't it? Notice the Bible isn't saying that almost a whole city came out to hear a gifted teacher or preacher. Take your eyes off the preacher. I often hear, one of the things I, I always find and I'm very careful about is when I hear somebody elevating a man, like, oh, this guy is gifted. Whew. Every word that come out of his mouth, he is anointed. Oh, yeah? Oh, man. Well, where does that leave God? How's Jesus? What's up? You see, they came out not to see a preacher or hear a preacher or a teacher. They came out to hear God's word being taught by a man who the Lord raised up simply because he believed in the risen Jesus. And remember, there's no TV at this point. There's no radio or any other social media telling them that they're coming into town. You see, but when they hear the word of God, it's being taught. People are running to hear it. They're just excited about hearing God's word. I think that's powerful. You know, do you get the imagery there? But when the Jews saw the multitudes, it says, they saw the multitudes running and hearing, what's going on, man? And they're hearing the word of God and they're listening and there's order and there's people that are just excited about the power of the Holy Spirit and, and what God is doing in and through them. And now it says, so the Jews saw the multitudes. Guess what happened? They were filled with envy. Watch that. Filled with envy, contradicting and blaspheming. And I believe that they're cussing at this point. Now, if they were at the rock cussing, they'd do a lot of push-ups, because that's what we do. You curse at the rock across the next in the gym. So if you got a habit of saying F-bombs, come visit us. We'll get that right out of you. You'll be doing push-ups all day long. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is they're envy right now. You see it. There's something that's, they're angry, they're envy. 
Oh boy, that's amazing. Looks, looks to me that, that God is doing something that's supernatural regarding his word spoken through Paul. And so now there's jealousy, there's resentment, there's bitterness, and there's discontent among the people. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens when envy comes into a person's life. So it looks like that envy and jealousy has fallen on the hearts of the chosen people of God, the Jews. You see, they're rejecting God's word being poured out by a man who was once opposed to the word. Now he's on fire and filled with the Holy Spirit proclaiming the gospel of Jesus to the world. So now, can I tell you something? Today, this still happens. Jealousy, resentment, and bitterness, and discord happens today in our churches. You see, a good work starts, and people can get jealous and spread rumors about the pastors of the church. And I've seen it happen. And instead of praising the Lord for the work that God has started, I remember reading uh, something about uh, Chuck Smith, who many years ago when he... It's interesting, for 17 years when he started the Calvary Chapel, you know, God allowed him to start it. He was 17 years, he was told to preach walking back and forth, and, on the, and he was, you got to be like Billy Graham, and you got to do this, and, and it wasn't him, like, that wasn't who he was, and then all of a sudden, he realized he just has to stand here and preach the word as he sees it, you know, and so he wasn't too happy about, it was the hippie movement, apparently the People were smoking weed and reefer and whatever else they smoked back in that day in the hippie movement. I mean, it was crazy. It was off the chart, insane. And he didn't really have a liking, if you will, for the hippies and whatnot, but his wife, Kay, did. And so what happened is they started to invite him into the tent. And next thing you know, hundreds and hundreds of hippies were getting saved simply by preaching the word of God. So what happened was pastors around that whole area were saying that he was a drunk, that he was drinking beer. So what happened, somebody goes and says, Pastor Chuck, do you drink? And he says, the only thing I drink is milk. And sometimes that's too much. He says, I've never had a drink in my life. So that didn't work. So they said, he's got a yacht. <laughs> he never had a yacht. They kept on saying all these derogatory things they were envious and they were jealous about the work that was taking place. You see, jealousy can do a lot of damage in a person's life. So we have to be careful. When we see a work, if it's of the Lord, man, praise the Lord. If it's not of the Lord, pray for them. And so jealousy can do a lot of damage in a person's life. So they, it says they oppose the things spoken by Paul. You see the last part of that verse? They oppose what he was saying. And so the religious Jews were... Now dead set against anything that Paul spoke regarding Jesus. They had enough. It was done. I love what this guy Poole says. He's a guy who writes commentaries. He said, the Jews could not endure the Gentiles, that, that the Gentiles should be equal to them, being as much concerned against the Gentiles being exalted as against their own, against their own being depressed. And they were just so angry because... There's a movement that was taking place, and they're like, what's going on here? What's happening? And then Paul and Barnabas, it says, grew bold and said, 
Now, so I just want to touch on this before we move on to the rest of that verse. So it says that Paul and Barnabas grew bold. In other words, they became gutsy and courageous, more courageous, knowing full well what can happen to them, that they could be killed on the spot for going against the religious establishment. They didn't care. They didn't care. And isn't that amazing? I often think that that's the way we should be. When we are in the Word of God, when we're reading the Word of God, when we're in fellowship, when we're prayed up, when we're in His will, we have to be bold. There's a boldness that's expected of us. I'm not saying you got to go out and grab banners and run down, you know, Kensington Avenue. That might be a little problem. We might have, but, you know, it may be being bold with your family. Maybe be being more bolder with the, your, your children that you're speaking to about Jesus. Maybe being, you know, more bolder about when you come in the company of somebody who, who don't know Christ, you know. And instead of being timid, and you just, just talk about Scripture and talk about the love of Christ. And that's what Paul is doing. And so he says, to finish the end of that verse, he says, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. And he's talking to the Jewish people. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. And so they have poured out their hearts to the Jewish people with the gospel message. And Paul was basically letting them know, you rejected it. They never, they never gave up on reaching the religious Jewish people. They never gave up. But at some point, they had to take a walk. And we're going to see this amazing verse coming up. The Bible tells us that God said to take his word to the Jewish people first. Well, Paul and Barnabas did exactly what God's word said that they should do. But they were rejecting it. And to hear God's word, let me tell you something, was a privilege back 2,000 years ago, and it's still a privilege today, but still today, people reject it. No different than what people are doing today. They're rejecting the word of God. I believe that this next generation of kids will be the hardest to reach for Christ. I'm not sure why that is, but I can tell you this. It's a tough generation for kids to reach right now. I'm not sure, but then I just thought about it. Well, wait a minute. It's the Word of God, right? Is it just the Word of God? Do we need to have, or do we need to have smoke coming down? Do we need to have confetti? How about lights, straw lights? No? Okay. What else? Because you know what? If I had to do that, like, I was just thinking, I would be thinking more about that during the week than I would be preparing a message for the Word. I would think, okay, all right, we, we did. Maybe we'll try dancing this. And I, well, I do dance every now and then, you know, but well, maybe we don't need any gimmicks, do we? We're in 14. I'm not sure we're gonna, where we're going to stop, but you should read forward to see what's being said there. Does that make sense? That's reading the Word of God from your Bible, highlighting something that maybe it doesn't make sense to you. If it don't make sense to you, just come speak to Craig, Pastor Craig. He'll tell you. <laughs> no. But any one of us can, can really. <laughs> it's my man. But any one of us, you know, we, we love to help you. Be excited about the Word of God. Be excited about having your Bible. Be excited about underlining, highlighting, 
It is an amazing life. And once you're in, you will never put it down. You will never put it down. It, it starts, when it starts to make sense to you, you're like, yeah, ooh, I like this, you know. Okay, so we're at verse 47. And so he says, for so the Lord has commanded us, and he quotes this next two lines from Isaiah 49, 6. He says, for the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the end of the earth. Now, this is what I call burning your ship. These guys are risk takers, leaving everything behind and following Jesus. And this is what they did because Jesus commanded them to go and preach the word. And for, he says, for the Lord has commanded us. Look at that. They've given up everything to win souls for Christ. Paul says, the Lord commanded us to be soul winners to the Gentiles. Understand something about the first century Gentiles. Unlike the Jewish people who had the Old Testament book to refer to and read about the prophets and Bible verses to memorize, you see, the Gentiles had nothing. They had nothing at all. They believed in nothing. They were an immoral, perverted generation. They had no one to look up to when it came to spiritual things. No one. This has been Rock the Word from Rock Ministries of Philadelphia. We'll be back next week. For more information about what's popping at The Rock, visit therockphilly.org.